Welcome to the Rain in Threes podcast with Alan Ray and Mike O'Connell. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Rain in Threes. I'm your host, Mike O'Connell, here with the Nova Hoops legend, Alan Ray. Hey, Ray and I have a special guest for you guys tonight. It is the former Hofstra baseball infielder turned Villanova communications major grad, the now producer or pardon my take, of Barstool Sports, Max Dolente. Max, we really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Uh, and let, let's, let's get into it, man. Let's talk some Nova Hoops, huh? Yeah, thanks for having me. Ready to talk some Nova Hoops, for sure. Yep, definitely. Uh, thanks, for ha- thanks for coming on the show, Max. Um, you know, we already got some history on, <laughs> on, on Twitter, but... I mean, I think it's all. I think it's all good. Good history, and it's oh, it's yeah. it's all it's, love, all, all, it's all good. Yes, and it's definitely <laughs> all love. But um, yeah, like like OC said, man. I mean, let's 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 jump right into it. Um, OC, what you got, OC? Yeah, I mean, we 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 know from your your great Twitter following, you're active on on X, whatever you want to call it, and it's been fun to to watch you guys both of you really just to put your thoughts out there Big East Twitter has been absolutely electric in a lot a lot of ways surrounding Villanova especially but just from being you know a, a, a local kid Max growing up in Devon Pennsylvania you know right there on the main line what is Villanova basketball's role you know compared to the rest of Philly sports like what is it what is its place amongst Philly sports to you personally uh, Nova's 1A, 1B for me. It's like Eagles, Villanova basketball my whole life. It's been that. Uh, my grandfather went there, uh, grew up 10 minutes from campus, ended up graduating from the college. Um, I remember going to the pavilion when I was like six years old. Derek Snowden was my favorite player because he had the Corn Rose Award number Snow. three, like AI. Um, so like Snow is funny. My, yeah, my whole life I've been, uh, I've been ride or dying with Villanova basketball, like, there's something about like watching a Big East game that, like losing a Big East game, I I can't sleep at night more than like any other sport because it, everything feels so pivotal, and I, there's something that's probably why it's the Eagles and Nova basketball with one A one B because there's something about those losses that just sting more than everything else. What's what's harder, Eagles or or Nova losses, or like what's what team is harder to root for? I mean, it's the <laughs> historically, I would say the Eagles for sure. Villanova basketball has been pretty easy to root for in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, past couple of years, it's been a little bit different, but I would definitely say right now it's Villanova basketball. It's tough. It's tough to uh, it's tough to watch. What What is it about Philly sports that makes people so emotionally involved? Like, I, I grew up in New York, and obviously the Knicks, yes, people love the Knicks, but being out here and seeing it this year with Villanova basketball and the Eagles, like, you guys are really invested with these teams. Like, wh- why Why do you think that is? I say Philly sports are, like, I lived in New York for four years. I went to college there for two years before I went to Nova. Um, so I'm, like, very ingrained with New York sports and Philly sports because I've been around it my whole life. I think, like, the biggest difference between Philadelphia and New York when it comes to sports is that New York just has so many transplants. Like, mm-hmm. in Philly, it's only Philly. Like, if you're in the grocery store on, during, like, an Eagles game and you see that the Birds just scored, you're turning to the person to your left, you're turning to the person to your right, you're being like, 
third seven nothing and no matter what you know you're getting that response and it's that like community feeling that like i don't care who you are you want the eagles to win it doesn't matter and then in like new york there's kind of like a rivalry so it's like your nate your classmates growing up like your friends growing up you could be a jets fan you could be a giants fan like i guess back in the like the nets don't have the, the same following as the knicks that's the one thing that i have found is like it's basically knicks or nothing but it's there's still that sort of rivalry within New York, not to mention like all the people that moved to New York from around the country that there's not there, there's just not that like community like there is in Philly. And I think that like brings out this passion that it just makes everyone care so much because that, that's what Philly's got. Like Philly has, is a sports town through and through. It's like all of when you're living in Philly, like everything is based on what are we doing Sunday for the tailgate? It's each season is like, what are we doing around our sports? And like, that is our social life. Oh, no, I definitely, I I feel you on that. Um, Just like the Yankees and, and the Mets, for example, like in New York, you got to be, if you turn to the person to the right of you, it's like, hold on, are you a, a Mets fan or are you a Yankees fan before you got to say anything? So I, I definitely get uh, where you coming from with that. And it definitely makes more of a, a community like you said like everybody's rooting for for that one team so i i definitely get where you're coming from so i want to ask you about um coach wright when uh when coach wright announced his retirement in april 2022 what was your thoughts about that and did you immediately think about the future of the program of course i mean obviously it was a real slap in the face no one was really seeing it coming i remember exactly where i was i was at I was at work, I was walking out, I was going on like my third date with my now girlfriend of two years. And I remember I got <laughs> I got to the date and I was like, I'm gonna just be upfront with you right now. Like I just had like one of the worst things in my life possibly happen to me. So like <laughs> this might not be like the right energy going into this date because Jay Wright was everything. Like at the time, yeah. he was the best coach in college basketball. We're coming off the final four of like a team that really just grinded it out and like they probably weren't the, we, that wasn't our most talented team that 2022 final four but it was just like jay wright guys like jay wright can get his guys in positions to win games and we were just spoiled it was just and for all of that to like come crashing down like it really it was like where are we going to go from here and, it, and yeah. it was a real you know thing that you had to process but here we are now. It's still optimistic because we still have the the foundation of a great program, and and like we can we can be in a situation to get back to that. But so we knew it wasn't going to be the same. I think that's yeah, where no. that's where a big problem comes at in with this year's team and like not last year's team. Like you just you you just said it. Um, like we just have so much history and. Like we've been spoiled so much, and Coach Wright, that 2022 Final Four team, on paper, I can admit myself, I never even expected them to to go to the Final Four. But like having a Coach Wright team like that, he will kind of will the, his teams into positions like that, and I think that's like one of the big things that's going on right now with Coach Neptune and and Villanova right now. Like we've been so spoiled. And we've seen Coach Wright do things like this, push these teams, get them to play harder, and do things that they probably think, didn't think they could do themselves. So I kind of get where you – I get – not kind of, I get where you're coming from. 
and that goes back again. Like those are just some big shoes to fill. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And Max, it's actually funny that you, you you tell us that story because I also have a similar story. I was down in Florida visiting my grandparents uh, with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my girlfriend of two and a half years. She it was her first time meeting them or staying there or whatever. We're going out to dinner, and my grandpa, who graduated from Villanova back in the '60s, who was like the biggest Villanova basketball fan, like you could possibly imagine, but he's very negative, right? So I tell him the Jay Wright news while we're at dinner. My, my girlfriend has no idea what's going on. My, my grandfather literally <laughs> called him a turncoat, literally trying to like demonize Jay Wright for retiring because of just how devastating the news was. So I, I, as you could tell, the energy was, was completely thrown off or it was supposed to be a nice night with my girlfriend and my grandparents. But, uh, you know, but aside the fact, Jay Wright, he, you know, brought so much stability to the program. He spoiled us to death. And now looking back, we're like, that 2022 team, you're right, guys. No business making the Final Four. But that Jay yeah. took that team and elevated him to the next level. And if you honestly really think about it, if Justin Moore doesn't get hurt in the Elite Eight game against Houston, who knows what happens against Kansas? And who knows what happens in the championship game? Like, there, there is still an opportunity there for us to move forward. But unfortunately, we had the more torn Achilles. But just did you think that the, 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 it was the right move to stay in-house and hire somebody that was a part of the Jay Wright coaching tree, Max? Or did you want them to go out and, and perform a, a national search and maybe look at a, a guy like Tony Bennett from UVA or, or some other guys with proven resumes that have won at the highest level? I mean, at the time, it was Villanova basketball through and through. And there was a part of me that was scared about going away from that because okay. you don't know necessarily what isn't there. So I'm also the sort of fan is I'm going to be convinced of whatever happens in front of me. Like, if you put something in front of me, <laughs> I'm going to be like, that's, that's the best move. This team's going to win the national championship next year. So it's easy to say now, now, like, at that time, I was like, let's go. Villanova basketball is going to go on. Jay Wright's going to be this, like, advisor to the program. He's going to be at practices and teaching – Neptune, like what Villanova basketball is and getting these guys. And it's just going to be a continuation of Villanova basketball going forward. I think I didn't give Jay enough credit and thought that maybe the system could just turn over and just be the same thing going on. Because in my denial, that's what I wanted to believe that like, all right, Jay's gone, but you know what? This is still, this is still a Jay guy. He knows Nova culture. He knows Nova hoops. It's just going to be the same thing forever. And it doesn't matter who's there. We've already built this foundation that it's just going to keep going. Obviously, it looks like right now, not necessarily the case. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, um, I, I agree. Like, especially with me, you know, I'm, I'm big on, like, being positive And, you know, I felt like being in-house. Oh, really? You are? <laughs> and I felt yeah, I'm like. Not, I'm not. Yeah, well, I guess we'll get to that. But <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, uh, this, this sounds like the best move to make, like you want to stay in-house is Villanova basketball. Like they know traditions, Kyle knows traditions, everything. So I was definitely happy with the move. And um, I mean, even if it was Baker Dunleavy, like it just, it didn't matter. It was just somebody from Villanova. So like, I felt, I felt really good about it. I felt really good about it. What, what about George Halkovich? Cause he apparently was, was not happy when he didn't get the job. He thought he was going to be the heir to the throne. But he was not. You know about that, A-Ray? So I only know a little bit about that. But, I mean, I don't know. 
no coaching experience, like no head coaching experience, like out of everybody. So I could see why they probably went in another direction. But how's he doing over there um, at Buffalo? Where's he at right now? Not Buffalo, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how's he doing over there? Eh, just like everybody else in the Jay Wright coaching tree. I mean, yeah, we like one year at Fordham max. Like, did did that ever come to mind where you're like, all right, wait, why are we hiring this guy? Or is it like, okay, he's been an assistant from 2012 to 2018 under Jay. Like he's fine. Like he'll he knows the program. He's got the attitude mantra. Like we're good with it. Is that is that kind of your mindset, or at least well, what it was? I mean, so when I was working in, in the Barcelona office at the time, there were two, a couple of kids who went to Fordham and like followed the basketball program pretty well, and they loved right. Kyle Neptune. So like everyone I've talked I talked to from the Fordham program at that time was like Kyle Neptune's changing this this entire. Uh, college basketball team like he's bringing Jay Wright over to Fordham like this is our guy and they were devastated when they saw that he left because I know I think he went well like 15 and 16 is, is one year there something like yeah, that. yeah he was like se- 17 and 17 or wherever it was. yeah yeah I know it was like right around 500 but but they were coming off like a single digit uh season the year before and he was building momentum for that program so that was another thing of like Blind optimism, I'm there, but I, it's just like, I'll, I'll get very emotional about what's going on at the moment. And I guess like I had enough around me of, of like things that could get me excited that I was all in on Kyle Nephew from the beginning or at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, very key word choice. (laughs) But, but right now, right. We're, we're on this four game losing skid. We, we've seen the highs and lows of this team, not just like, you know, starting going back to last year, but this year especially, winning the battle for Atlantis, right? You know, beating a team we talked about a little bit before the show at Creighton back on December 20th. We thought that it was like, okay, we're, we're back. This is how the Big East is going to look. We're going to be able to pull out tough wins on the road. We're going to be able to take care of business against teams like DePaul. And obviously since then, it has not gone our way. Like throughout these games, there's been a common theme. Or I'm actually asking you: Do you have you seen a common theme in terms of uh, what what really has, has stuck out to you in terms of why we're losing these games, why we're blowing leads, why we're getting out to, off the slow starts? Like, what jumps to mind to you in terms of in terms of that reality? I mean, I'm just kind of see. It's it's just runs every game. It's it's. I mean, we we're going on runs too, but we're just giving up these slow starts, like you said. I think I think Marquette. Both games we had slow starts. St. John's slow start. And UConn we had a slow start. So it's like we're just, we're starting ourselves in a hole, and then we can get back, and then we get back, and then we give up another run. So it's like play, we haven't played a full forty minutes since like Memphis, or even Memphis. We were up forty, and then I came back and made it right, like right. a twenty point game at, in exactly. early, or later in that game. But like UNC, I get you can say that we played a full game, but. Still, it's just like we cannot put 40 minutes together. And when we look good, we look so, so, so good. But there, then there's those times where it's like, what is going on? What am I watching? But what do you think it is? Like, when you're watching a game, what, like, what stands out to you the most that you see? Like, okay, like, this, this needs to be fixed. I think it's just like, one big thing that I've seen this year is that, like, we don't have – all good Villanova basketball teams have, have had a true, 
like alpha point guard that can that can like control the offense and everything goes through them. We've gone through so many iterations of like who that guy is this year, and we just haven't been able to figure it out. Like JMO getting hurt obviously affected things. I don't think that he's been the same player since he's got, come back, and it's tough to kind of figure out who that alpha is if he's not playing at a hundred percent. Which right now it, it kind of looks like that's the case, and we're like a Villanova basketball team needs that guy. Like if you yeah. look at all of our good team, like all of our best teams, we went from Ryan Archidiakono, Jalen Brunson to Colin Gillespie. Like those are, are the cornerstones of your team, and you want Justin Moore to be that guy, but he's just it looks like he's just not a hundred percent healthy right now. So now we're just going. What I'm finding is that we're going through these moments of like. Is it Justin Moore? Is it TJ Bamba? Is it Mark Armstrong? And we don't really have an identity on offense right now because it just turns into like, who's going to be the guy right there? Who's going to be the guy that there's nothing that we can really build upon in this offense. And it ends up being a lot of like, all right, it's going to be me this drive. It's going to be me this drive. And then if I don't have anything, I'm just going to throw it to Dixon and hope, hope that he can get something in. And it's, there's just not a lot of continuity that I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, it's just like roles aren't defined, you know, like we, we know housing wants to come in, like let housing shoot threes. Um, Tyler Burton yesterday, he was on from threes. He was hitting, but that's not who we want shooting threes all the time. And he gets a lot of wide open threes, obviously because the defense just lets him shoot because they read the scouting report. Um, and then like, it, it'll be times you'll see Eric Dixon try to force things um, in the paint because he's getting double teamed, but if he doesn't force things, then how is he supposed to get shots? So, like you said, it just it just doesn't seem to click all the time. But when we are clicking, the ball is moving, boom, boom, boom. We get into the lane, we getting open looks. So, I I, I definitely feel like it got to do with a lot with lineups too. Like guys are just not comfortable playing with each other. Yeah, for sure, and that's like one thing that I thought would be start to click more towards the end of the season because you have all these transfers and none of them have played together. And like the biggest discouraging, like the most discouraging thing that I'm seeing is that ideally you, when you have all of these guys and like the, the more that they play together, the more that they can start to get into a unit and like become one solid offense. But right now it's just going the opposite direction. And like, that's where I will get frustrated during games and we'll be like, we got to figure this out. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and even against Butler, the, the, which I thought might've been the worst loss of the year, at least most frustrating. Big fact. In this two oh, overtime yeah. periods, oh, yeah. I, both of you guys were on the same page as was I, I, I didn't tweet anything out, but I saw what you guys were saying. And I was talking to my buddies in, in our group chat. It was like, how is every possession in overtime not going through Bamba and Dixon? And that was – those guys had the hot hands, right? And it was like clearly that is what's clicking on offense. It, kick it out, let Bamba take it up and get, dump it down low to Eric. If he wants to kick it back out to TJ, then he can slash the hoop, whatever it is. Those guys need the ball in their hands. And we've seen, like, things work consistently. And then, think like, all of a sudden it, it, they change it up. And, and, and Justin Moore took, like, four field goals in, in, that, in that second overtime that were way short, hit the front rim, and it was just like, wait, wh why is this happening? And I don't know if that's coaching, not saying like, hey, we need to stick with uh, not telling them to stick with Dixon and Bamba. But like, you know, you guys saw it. We saw it. It was extremely frustrating. And I feel like that's been 
a, a major problem is like, okay, we, we know, we've identified what has been working, what is successful, and we're not going back to, back to it consistently enough. It's, it's, I don't know. That's something that's, that stuck out to me throughout all of the losses this season and even last season. Yeah, I mean, I was, I get it's, I get that it's tough. Like Justin Moore is supposed to be like the face of this team this year. He's the six-year guy. He's the he's the leader. He's the captain of the team that you could say. But he can't two overtimes. He can't play those minutes right now. Like he's not. He's he's coming off of an injury of an Achilles injury, and then he's getting himself back, and then he gets hurt again. Like you've got no limitations. And it's tough to say Justin Moore, like, you got to take a back seat because he's supposed to be that guy. But that will, right. that's what was best for the program in that moment. And, like, you know that he's going to try and do it because he's he feels that pressure of being that next-in-line Villanova guard. But, like, so, as a coach, I think that you have to be able to, like, have that conversation with him or sit him down and just be like, hey, man, this isn't against you. You're still, you're still the leader of this team. But I got to get you back into this playing shape. Like, this two overtimes is a long time for you. Right now, you don't have the legs for this, and I can't have you, like, taking these shots when, when TJ Bamba is leading the offense like he was. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that, and that's been in one of the uh, main things that's been circulating for, like, the past couple of weeks now um, is, is, is that question about Justin Moore. Like, is he still that guy? Is, is he still that alpha? Or can he be that alpha for us? Now, I know you've been watching the games the past couple of weeks, past few games, and like Mark Armstrong has really come along and start started asserting himself um, at that guard position, which I like a lot. And we usually see Mark do it against like a Georgetown, DePaul, but he's had two real good games against Marquette back to back. And I, I really like that that fire that kind of set up under him yesterday. It kind of looked like he was the only one out there. Like, like I'm not trying to lose this game. Like I'm about to just go out there and make plays and. That's that's what's missing, and that's what those those uh, throwback Villanova guards used to do. Like they used to control the game, but at the same time, you know, if you we needed a bucket or we needed a play to make, like they was capable of making that play. So we we definitely missing that that that, that this year, and um, it, it 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 has to be a conversation, you know, with with the coach and 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 Justin with that. I feel. And I'm not saying like Justin's not a good player. Like we all love Justin for sure. He's he's had so many injuries, and you know it looked like it's starting to take a toll on him. It looked like it's it's kind of catching up to him a little bit. When I first seen him come back, I I, I didn't really know if he was a hundred percent at all. So he still doesn't look a hundred percent to me too. But like you see, when he comes back, Hakeem Hart kind of takes a backseat a little bit, and Hakeem Hart was playing great while Justin was out. So. It's, it, it's, it's a lot going on, and it's a lot of stuff that needs to be, like, addressed, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mark Armstrong is, like, the prototypical second-year Villanova guy who, yeah, there, there are times where he, like, looks like a second-year guy where he, like, will play yeah, a little erratic. For sure. But then, then you see what you saw yesterday at Mar against Marquette, and it's like, this is, this is like, the – progression of like a Villanova basketball point guard and like you want to see more out of that because he's he is a guy that is special like he's a point guard that we honestly he, like his his bounce and athleticism is like second to none when you when you like think about like a lot of Villanova guards 
that like he could be something special. We just have to develop him into that. And I'm worried about the develop like the development program that we're going that we're leaning towards right now. Yeah, I was I was loving it. Where were you for the Mark Armstrong game? Yeah, I saw your tweet during the game. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's exactly our thoughts uh, at, at this point in time because he was just taking over. Him and Bamba looked unstoppable. Uh, I mean, we went on a 31 to 10 run to get ourselves back in the game and then take the lead. Obviously, we know how it ended, but just like you talked about earlier, Max, we can be so 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 good when we want to be in, in those stretches of time against even opponents like. Marquette, UConn, some of the best teams in the country. And now it's like, all right, wait a minute. A-Ray and I talked about it during the game last night. The energy just looked off a little bit. Like, you get a timeout, then you take some people out of the game, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, where, where has the offense gone? Where's the plan? You just they're, they're forcing shots up down low, and it, and it doesn't doesn't come out the way that we want it to be. And that's, that's the thing that this team is susceptible to happening because there is no plan on offense. There is no, you know, all right, Mark is going to run the, the offense throughout the entire game, like a Gillespie, a Brunson, Archie Akino, uh, a Scotty Reynolds did that we were so accustomed to seeing. And moving forward for the rest of the season, it, it's not, the season is not over just yet, right? We're one game over 500, but there's still a lot of games to be played. What's your plan? Do you just give, give the, the keys to Mark Armstrong? Because A-Ray and I have come up with that as our solution or at least possible solution moving forward. Yeah, I think Mark Armstrong probably gives you the highest ceiling. Um, like he has the potential to be like like a big like an all bit uh, like Big East MVP or whatever whatever it's called. Like yeah. he has that in his in his bag, and I do think that he can get to that. I think that there are going to be times where you see Mark Armstrong, and it's like, all right, like let's set up let's set up more of an offense right now. I think probably. TJ Bamba is going would be the most he's looking to me like the most consistent and safe guy but like I can see 100% like Mark Armstrong like the ceiling that he would bring is could be like very very worth it absolutely I just don't think that it's Justin Moore right now which is like pains me to say because he has been such a great like wildcat in his career here but like he just doesn't look like the same player right now and I just think that Neptune needs to it's a tough decision. It's not an easy decision for him to make, but I think he just got to sit down and be like, "Hey, man, you were a really good off-ball guard when you played when you played in with Gillespie. Like, I think you need to get back into that role so that we can have this like united offense like we've seen in Villanova's past." Yeah, I think it, I think it it should happen. We should see it before the season is over. Um, so let me ask you, Fire Neptune. Like, does that solve anything right now? Firing Neptune right now during the middle of the season, like, does that change anything? No. So, like, I I don't – if if you've ever, like – I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the clips of me watching, like, Eagles games or whatever. Like, I'm a <laughs> lunatic when I'm watching my teams. And, like, even when in Villanova Twitter, like, I'm not even really tweeting to, like, Villanova Twitter. That's just kind of my internal thing. It's not yeah. like – like – if you look at like my engagement for like Nova Twitter, it's not like I it's I don't have a big like Villanova following, but it's like a journal to me that I need to just get out, and it's probably unhealthy, but I just need to say what's on my mind at that moment. Firing Neptune in the middle of the season would do nothing. You're we, there's still a chance to make the tournament. That's the goal right now. But if you don't make it, if you don't make it to the tournament this year, I 
I think there are options, other options out there. And I worry about keeping Neptune long-term and us turning into a Georgetown. And like that, that, like that terrifies me. And I, <laughs> and I think that we have enough money in our alumni that we can go out and get guys. You, you saw in this past off season that we're going to be willing to spend. We were a top five NIL team this year. And I think that those guys are not going to be, I don't think it's going to be acceptable seeing too many, too many more seasons like this, if they're putting up this much money. Yeah, no, uh, that's a, a thousand percent correct. And the expectations going into the season were obviously sky high because of the $3 million roster that they've built because of bringing in TJ Bamba, Tyler Burton, Lance Ware, and Hakeem Hart, coupling them with our guys like Dixon, Moore, Longino, like on paper, Right? Like everyone was so fired up about the season saying, all right, this team's going to finish in the top four of the Big East. They can make it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. So, like, the fact of the matter is, we're not even close to that right now. Right? But everyone's pointing the finger at Neptune. And that, and that, and that really, it kind of does make some sense in terms of like where else could you really put the blame with this much talent on paper? You look at uh, in the NFL. You look at you know the NBA, Major League Baseball, whatever it is. If you have that much talent, then the the managerial positions are usually where the blame goes to. And I, I don't think that this team has any sort of chemistry issues when it comes to actual like. I think they all like each other at least. At least that is what it seems like. But at the same time, you, you look at a picture of a huddle with Jay right there, and a, a huddle with Kyle Neptune there. No. You didn't really see that same camaraderie and brotherhood of, you know, everyone's got their arms around each other like like a chain link fence. So that kind of scares me a little bit. The body language of Kyle Neptune himself seems like a great guy, a very nice guy, very knowledgeable coach. But his body language alone, like Max, if you notice he's scratching his beard. He just looks a little less like comfortable, especially compared to a guy that had so much confidence and swagger like Coach Wright. He's nervous. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Obviously, here's, like, the booze last night. Like, he knows that this is unacceptable for Villanova basketball and not to the standards of the fans or, like, anyone in the program. So I can understand why he's acting with, like, that nerve that nerve right now because it, it, he knows it's, like, his job on the line. And, like, the thing that you can talk, like, body language, I think that's going to be any team that is struggling when they had such high expectations coming into the year. The thing that I that worries me the most is that Villanova's had this history of player development for so long now that guys get better and better and better every year. And if you look at this roster compared to what they did last year at their respective schools, Villanova guys included, every single guy on the board has a worse field goal percentage than they did last year. With the exception of Mark Armstrong, I think he's the only one. Every single one of those guys is getting worse. And like that can't happen like guys you need to develop a program where guys are getting better and better and better each year and if everyone is playing worse than they were coming into the year that is just like a terrifying situation to be in yeah um that that definitely is um i I look at it I, i i get what you're saying like i definitely like that makes a lot of sense like it makes it makes all the sense but I just gotta take into consideration, like we, like okay, we got a guy like Tyler Tyler Burton who was a ten player of the year, and yeah, you know, come comes to the Big East now, and it's a it's a whole different ball game. 
different league, different players. You know, I feel like a lot of those guys might be struggling to adjust a little bit. I feel like with TJ Bamba, like look at TJ Bamba since his birthday. He's been playing off the charts, getting to the lane. Like I like TJ Bamba. He doesn't, I don't necessarily need him coming off picking roles, but he's the one person that could get downhill and get to the get to the lane. Like he's he's that strong. So I just think like maybe is it is it possible that like where these guys coming from, what conferences that they played in can also play a factor of how they play now in the Big East. But don't don't get it twisted. What you said about um, player development is definitely important at Villanova, and it's one of the most important things that we do. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Big East is definitely like a completely different style of play than – I mean, I know that the, the rest of them have come from – other than Burton, the rest of them all came from Power 5 conferences. Yeah. But the Big East is still different than the, than the rest of the country when it comes to like – physicality and like just style of play so I can understand that that would be a reason but it's just even with that there's still I still think that like mid-season that there should be some sort of if of a well-coached team there should be some sort of progression and it and from what we looked back at in Atlantis to now it's just going the opposite direction and that's like I just need I would be okay if we were just showing something, some sort, some sign of like things are getting better, and it's just yeah. not that way right now. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's no real upward trajectory right now, especially losing four in a row. Uh, you know, we had their opportunities against UConn, uh, against Butler on the road, and and even last night against Marquette. So it's been a tough pill to swallow to to really now just see these guys basically just fighting to keep their head above water at eleven and ten, but. Still a lot of season left, and, and we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, Max, you're, you're a diehard 76ers fan. Have you been watching the, the Villanova Knicks? Are you rooting for them in any capacity? What are your thoughts on those guys? I'll never say that I'm rooting for the Knicks because <laughs> that's just not my DNA. But uh, it, it's hard. It's definitely hard this year because I love those guys, and I will yeah. always love Jalen Brunson and, obviously, Hart and DiVincenzo. Like, I, I'm not going to say I'm rooting for the Knicks because it's the Knicks, but there's a part of me that that doesn't hate to see their success. I'll say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I love it. And um, obviously, I don't know if you've seen all the uh, action on the Big East films, the Blue Demon Degenerates uh, Divine Providence uh, documentary oh, yeah. they put out. So yeah. did you check have a chance to check that out at all? Oh yeah, I watched the full thing before it got taken down on YouTube. Uh, whatever I love day it. that was, two days ago. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It, I mean that that like what's your whole like take on that? I mean the whole situation. I'm obviously going to take <laughs> Jeff uh, Goodman Blue included. Demon Blue Demon Degen side. Jeff Goodman yeah. is not a. He's not a friend of the program of Barstool Sports of any way in the past. So. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty easy for people to jump on that bandwagon. I've heard there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that wasn't necessarily screenshotted that makes Goodman look a little bit – I don't know. I mean, Yo, why, I've heard why does things. everybody always come for Goodman? Like, yeah. I see, I see <laughs> I mean, everybody come for him all the time. Even well, Goodman uh... likes – he just likes to talk shit. Like, he, he, he gets in the mud and, like, yeah. will go at people and make enemies. So it makes sense that – as soon as something comes out that makes him look bad, 
all of the enemies that he's created in the past are like, fuck yeah, let's go after yeah. Goodman. This is our time. So like, it, he's he's not like a guy who's trying to make friends, which is I know one way to go about the business. But <laughs> obviously, from what from the outside looking in, I was fired up for Blue Blue Demon Degen. It looked like he made a good product. It started to get a little bit of traction, um, and it was and it was just a common enemy that people were just excited to get behind. <laughs> you know, I hated to see, I hated to see Johnny Fanta kind of in the middle of it because yeah. he's the best. I don't uh, know if you, you guys have had him on the show or it. He's the absolute best, like such a good really? guy. So I don't like, I didn't like to, because it was kind of, if you were on blue, it was because Goodman was trying to defend Fanta was the whole thing, but right. Right. I'm, I will always be team Johnny Fanta no matter what. That's but, a fact. It was it was fun. It was fun to see kind of Big East Twitter go after Goku for sure. Yeah, Big, Big East Twitter literally got like teamed up like uh, the Avengers in Endgame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I uh, saw that clip. That was fun. yeah, exactly. It was, it was it was incredible. And it's funny because um, you guys had some Twitter beef, but you buried the hatchet, unlike Jeff Goodwin and and your boss, <laughs> yeah, the, the Prez. Yeah, yeah. Prez uh, Port, Portnoy. We're going at it. Him and Goodman have a, have a rich history in terms of Twitter feuds, but. Um, but listen, man, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, really hope you enjoy your time on Rain and Three. Hey, Ray and I, and we'd love to have you back again soon, my man. Yeah, anytime. This was this was great. Really fun. Love talking Nova hoops. Yes, sir. Definitely, definitely, definitely. It was good getting your insight. You know, um, especially you know, we be on Twitter. We don't really get a chance to like really say the things that we want to say. But you, you, you definitely do have some some really good insight on uh, on Villanova basketball, my man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I know that day that when you tweeted at me, I remember I was, <laughs> I think I was like Thanksgiving week. I was at like a family party. I was like, holy shit. I got a Ray coming at me right now on Twitter. And it was like, my whole family is like such like lifelong Villanova fans. And they were like, what's going on here? What are you talking about? And I was like, Fuck. I was like, that's fair. I mean, it was, it was coming off Bahamas. And like I said, like in the moment, I'm going to fire off whatever. And like, yeah. I'll, I'll say fuck, fucking fire Kyle Neptune to the day I die <laughs> in that moment. But then give me like an hour or two to like really decompress. I'm going to, I'm a passionate guy. I'm an emotional guy. And when my teams are losing, like if you've seen on Twitter, it, yeah. can, get, it can get ugly. So no, I, me, it, that, me was too. A, that was a funny time, but it was, uh, <laughs> I'm happy to see that it looks like we're, we're all right now. No, nah, we good, we good, we good, we good. Nah, you nah, you we... got to love the energy enthusiasm. A-Ray yeah. always tells me to calm down, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I like your style too, Max. Big yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Max Dolente, everyone. A-Ray, that was a ton of fun chopping up with uh, Barstool's finest there. He knows Villanova basketball, that's for sure. Yeah, he definitely do. Um, a lot. His, this conversation today was a lot misleading than his tweets. His tweets are, he seems like, <laughs> A maniac behind when he got the Twitter fingers, but when he came on the show today, he actually knows a lot about Villanova basketball, and you could tell that he's he's been a fan for a long time. So it it was good to get his insights um, on on Villanova basketball this year, and uh, also just hear him talk about Neptune and the whole fire Neptune thing. You know, he said that he don't think that it would change anything right now. But when he's in the moment, you know, emotions and everything is is fire Neptune, which which I understand. And, you know, that was the reason why uh, I, t I took that opportunity to tweet back at him 
um, because of all the fire Neptune stuff. And as soon as we went on that little run, I felt like it was a perfect time. But it's not aging well right now. Yeah, no, but you're absolutely right. It's it's funny because I think he's he's a, the embodiment of a lot of fans. And yeah. in some ways, uh, similar to me, except I don't really have the Twitter fingers. I just have the, the passion, the enthusiasm, the energy during – uh, the game watch, right? Yeah. Live taking in the game, uh, you know, throughout those 40 minutes of, of basketball, you're going to see me react in a lot of ways that I wouldn't normally react to post-game, pre-game, you know, even on this show. You kind of anyway. surprised me yesterday. I'm not going to lie. Just, like, your reactions during the game. Like, I, I don't know if I would, like, leave my kids around you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, man! That's ridiculous. I, I, in the in the right environment, I am even keeled and very responsible and very respectful. But at that right. time, you know, people are watching. They want to see, you know, the real passion, the real fire behind what this fandom of Villanova basketball is and what it means to me. A Ray, you know, you played for the team. You're an ambassador for the program. I myself am more so the fan. Uh, you know, more so a, a, a someone on, on the outside looking in. As much as I'd like to be on the inside, inside yeah. the walls, inside the locker room, inside the Finneran Pavilion, uh, which I spent a lot of time in, it's still not uh, necessarily my role. So I think that's what that's what you know the two of us work so well together at is our different perspectives. And and you can tell me to calm down and relax, which you do a lot. But at the same time, I think I can maybe raise a couple points here and there that you didn't think about because. You were a player, and you were not a fan. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be doing this show with you now. But I think Max coming on really shows that he does have that Jekyll and Hyde type of mentality when it comes to being like live in game, reacting live yeah. to what's going on in front of him, uh, versus being able to, to, to kind of gather your thoughts and, and make your, your, your judgments post game a few days later, like he had mentioned before. And that's exactly what he did. So he came on on rain and threes and was it was spitting facts. And really, we I thought we had a great conversation uh, and very civilized one as well, eh, Ray? Yeah, definitely. Let me let me ask you, OC. Um, so we talk about the transfer portal a lot um, and getting players from the transfer portal, getting players out of the transfer portal. Do you think we're going to lose any players to the transfer portal after this year? Or is that a possibility? I think it's definitely a possibility, and it scares the hell out of me too, A-Ray, because we obviously didn't lose anybody last year. We brought everyone back that we could, except for Cam, who, you know, it made sense for him to go to the NBA. Look what he's doing now, right? Cam Whitmore mm -hmm. is absolutely killing it on the Houston Rockets, so happy for him. Uh, Brandon Slater, Caleb Daniels. Slater is doing his thing in the G League up in Maine, playing for the Celtics uh, G League team. I, know, I think Caleb Daniels is going to get an opportunity somewhere. Uh, whether it be overseas, he, he's got a great basketball IQ and he knows how to play the game inside and out. And aside from that, though, Eric came back. Justin came back. Longino stayed the course. Mark Armstrong, who everyone was worried about, is he even going to go to Villanova with Cam Whitmore after Jay Wright retired? So it, we, we have not really known too many guys aside from, uh, you know, Cole Swider, right? He transferred out. Uh, someone transferred to Davidson. His name is escaping me right now. I can't believe I'm not I'm not remembering his name. But to, to Davidson, yes, to Davidson from Nova. Yes. Yeah, that I, I can't I can't think of it. 
right now. Either. He was a good three-point shooter. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm going to have to look this up right now because it's really bothering me. But my point is we're not used to anybody really just jumping ship and leaving this team when it comes to being like, all right, this is the best place for me to play basketball. And almost, you know, Brian Antoine is a guy who transferred out as well. He's not the guy I'm thinking of. But at the same time, B.A.'s career was kind of marred by injuries. It didn't really make sense for him to stay in a crowded backcourt as it was. So, you know, it, it, it's that made sense. That wasn't something that, you know, Angelo Brizzy. Brizzy was someone yeah. that came into Villanova, and it, it, he never really was able to carve out a role for himself. He transferred to Davidson. So I really think that if we have another change in regime, if Neptune ends up getting fired or and we bring somebody else in, I would not be shocked if Armstrong and, and or Brandon Housen and or Jordan Longino, anyone else that still has eligibility on this team to say, hey, I, I, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to see what else is out there for me when it comes to NIL and, and changing it up to get a, you know, a, 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 bre- a breath of fresh, fresh air, whatever it may be, a change of scenery. But, hey, Ray, that, that scares me because it, it's certainly possible based on what we do uh, the rest of the season, though, is, is will determine whether or not these guys have any just any sort of like thought of leaving in the first place. Yeah, my biggest concern, I'll tell you right off the top of just right off the jump is Mark Armstrong. Like he's yeah. a big he's the biggest name that that comes to mind when you think about transfer portal in, in the offseason, you know, so that's definitely something that I'm going to be keeping my eye on in the offseason. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he's one of the one guys that I would be nervous about for leaving the transfer portal in the offseason. Now, we got to ask this question to another guest, somebody that comes on that's, like, real knowledgeable and really asks them about how they feel moving forward with NIL and all of this stuff. Like, do we continue to hit the transfer portal as hard as we did, or do we stick to our roots and just like develop our young guys get the young guys like that's that's yeah. that's 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 really the question moving forward like how, how do you want the program to go do you want to still build up our players do you still want to develop our players young out of high school and add some pieces from the portal or do we go to the portal and add pieces to those portal players? You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, I do. I mean, and you said it right away. It's like, well, how are we going to build the team? And this year's team four guy, included four guys from the portal. Four portal. guys that have never have never played Villanova basketball before in their careers. Although they have had plenty of experience playing elsewhere. And I've had a lot of success elsewhere as well, especially Bamba, Hart, and Burton. You would think that, okay, is this experiment? And that's very much what it, what it was, A-Ray, an experiment, sure. going going to work. And we've seen it at its greatest where P.J. Bamba, Tyler Burton, these guys are leading leading the, the team in scoring uh, on a given night. We, we, we won the battle for Atlantis. Uh, you could say thanks, thanks to Eric, first and foremost, but don't tell me that at all – at least three of those guys I mentioned before were a little bit more of a, a role player yeah. uh, and not really getting into the starting five. But don't tell me that those guys didn't have a, an integral role in the success of this team when it's when it's come. And, and you can you can really say that, wow, 
these guys, when they're playing well, we talked about it a little bit before with Max, look incredible. Like, they look like they can beat anybody in the country. We've seen that we when we beat Carolina, Memphis, Texas Tech. We've seen that when we went down on the wire with the number one team in the country in UConn. We saw that last night against Marquette. And we're outscoring them by 21 points over a sustained portion of the game. Like, we've seen this team play just as good as basketball as just as anyone in the country. And it's like, wait a minute. Where does where does this go? At some points, when we can, when we don't score for for seven and a half minutes, or we we, we go down eleven nothing to start out a game, or and we can't hit water if we fall out of a boat from three point land. It's really just so frustrating because we've seen the greatness that this team does possess when they're clicking on all cylinders. And don't tell me they'll oh that's every team. Every team looks that good when they're playing well. No way. No way. When this team is 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 clicking and they're running, they can run up and down. They're getting in their sets and they're actually being able to to get to the the ten and then create open shots from the outside. This team looks like they can beat anybody in the country and especially on defense. We've seen them lock up on defense. A Ray, you were tweeting about it even last night. It's like, man, we looked unstoppable. Should I say immovable on the defensive end? Uh, in that one possession, in that stretch of possessions, we can, we we have the potential. Our ceiling is so high, but we have just really, whenever we do look like we're about to reach that ceiling or have reached that ceiling, we have not been able to stay there. That's been the problem all season long. A Ray is is piecing together long periods of time of when we are playing up to our potential and being at the ceiling we we really do possess with contributors like Dixon, Moore, Armstrong. Housing, and then our, our our transfer portal guys, Burton, Bamba, and Hart. And we have not been, been able to put that together. It's been really unfortunate because you know everyone now is calling for Kyle Neptune's job. But at the same time, it's like, all right, the experiment hasn't failed just yet. There's still enough, you know, ample amount of time to really make a run at this thing, find your way in the big dance. And then it's like, who the hell would want to play us? Yeah. Who the hell would want to play a hot Villanova team? That's one eight out of their last 11 games and looks like, you know, they, they got to the, to the semifinals or finals in the Big East tournament. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you certainly, would you be shocked if that happened? No, I, I don't think, I, I think everyone would be like, okay, we, we, we kind of saw this one coming. And, and, at that, and at that point, then we'd all be fired up and be like, who the hell would want to play us? Who? Because when we're playing like that, A-Ray, we could beat anybody. We can. Anybody in the country. That's a, that's a big fact. And we already proved that we could beat anybody in the country. And we see what we did, like you said, to the number one team. It's just consistency putting it together. Like, we see it. We watch the game. It's just no cohesiveness. It's not put together. Like, that's what we need to do. And who knows if we have enough time. Uh, We definitely don't have a lot of time. There's time, but not a lot of time. So it got to happen. It got to happen soon. Actually, it has to happen two games ago. To be honest, right, it has to You're happen right. two You're games ago. Right. To be, to be honest, and we could sit around and talk all, all about how how good the team is on paper, and this guy does this and all that other stuff. But we not playing, and they got to put it together at the end of the That's day right. on the court and 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 put in the results. So we definitely got to see. You know. Go ahead. And you know, A Ray, last year was was similar. It was like it was. they put everything to, they put everything together too late. It was literally too little, too late last year. 
As soon as they started to play well, Justin came back from injury. Whitmore looked like he finally felt comfortable. He felt happy to be playing with everybody. We beat beat Creighton at home where, where Dixon dropped 30 on Cockburner. And it looked like, all right, here we go. We got some momentum. We beat Seton Hall. We beat Xavier. And it looked like things were starting to come together. But it was too little, too late. We lost to, to Creighton again then in the quarterfinals of the Big East tournament, and, and that was it. We had wound up being a first-round exit in the NIT. So that is my worst fear, to see the same exact thing happen again this season as it did last year, and that's not very far-fetched. It really isn't. Oh, see, um, I'm not even comfortable. I'm not even comfortable going into Seton Hall. Like, I'm not comfortable – like in years past, going to see and like, okay, we play Seton Hall tonight. Like it's going to be a tough one, but we can pull this game out. No, I'm not comfortable. Right. I'm not that comfortable. Like I'm not even right. that comfortable going into Georgetown. Like into Georgetown yeah. on the road, I'm not comfortable. I'm not that's, comfortable. That's completely accurate, and I I feel the same way. And it's like at, at that point, Georgetown's playing with house money, right? They've got nothing to lose. We're, all the pressure is going to be on us because it's sure. like. Oh man! I think about all all the pressure that already is on us, and I, and people want to be like, oh well, you guys are eleven and ten. It's like at this point, whatever. No, Kyle Neptune is now coaching for his job, yeah. right? These guys that are, that are supposedly going to move on next season and play in the G League, in the NBA, overseas, whatever, it is, they're playing for for their basketball careers and be like, oh, like why would we take a chance on you? Like you were part of that disaster of a Villanova team last season. So it, it's kind of like the ba- our backs are up against the wall. They have been for the last two games, A-Ray. I would, I would completely agree with you on that. And at some points it looked like we showed up, but we, didn't, we weren't able to in the key moments of both of these last two contests where we lost Lou Elite against Butler in the last few minutes, lost in double overtime. And then last night we came all the way back but didn't have enough to pull it out uh, at home against Marquette. So, and uh, real quick, you mentioned transfer portal. And, and and basically maybe using it like we did, bringing in four guys or not so much. Shaka Smart and Marquette, they do not use the transfer portal. Shaka literally came out and said, we are shunning the transfer portal. That is not going to be part of our culture. We're going to gonna take guys from high school, develop them from there, and, and, and make sure they stay for as long as they need to to become a real Marquette player. So that's certainly an option as well, but we also don't have Shaka Smart coaching our team. So everything is all favorite. everything is all great and dandy when you got a when you got pros on your team when you can say stuff like that. Let's see how it hits Marquette once all those guys leave and now it's time to like build that shit back up. That's fair. You know what I'm That's saying? Fair. That, but it's, I, it's I do. I do. I do feel what you're saying. I, I definitely feel what you're saying. And like you can't discredit Shaka Smart and the the road he's been on to get where he's at now. Um, a lot of coaching stops and all of the things that he's learned on 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 the way to Marquette and the way he's sharing with them. They're, they're a great team right now. But I want to see them without those pros on that team, without Igadoro on that team, without Cam, and then without Kolick on that team. Because that's, that's, that's the shock of smart that we've seen. Yeah, and what an opportunity, too, though, last night, because Cam Jones didn't even play for Marquette, but obviously... No one even noticed because of how well Kolek was playing. It was incredible. So, yeah, yeah the, the, he said, of course, set his career high against us. Like you said, who who doesn't have their career high against Villanova, right? Crazy. Like, everybody gets <laughs> their career high against Nova. 
Oh, man, it's it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, just once again, a big shout out to to our guy, Max Delente, for for joining us from from Barstool. Uh, Rain and Threes has had a ton of amazing guests, but I think Max was great because he was strictly focused on Villanova basketball. Right. We didn't we didn't talk too much about uh, other Big East yeah. ongoings other than Divine Providence Twitter situation. We were just focused on this program, and I think that's honestly what a lot of our listeners were were hoping for, were look, are looking for. But uh, just like shout out to Max, and and I really look forward to to having him on again in the future. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a little bit more of a, a positive angle of the program. But you know what I'm saying, hey Ray? No, definitely, yeah. Um, would would love to have him on again. I uh, definitely had some great insights, and. Like you said, next time he does come back on, hopefully it's with some different kind of energy and not the energy we have now. But Nova Nation, y'all just got to keep your heads up. You know, this is this is part of the journey. This is part of being a fan. This is part of being on a team. Like, it's going to be ups and downs. It's going to be rough. It's going to be sad moments, real happy moments, but... You just got to ride through all of them. Never get too high, never get too low. I know you've heard that saying before, and, like, I really take that into heart. Like, if something good happened, yes, I'm happy about it. I celebrate, but I don't let it take me through the roof and get me so high that, like, <laughs> when I get upset, I'm coming down, and I'm I'm mad as hell. So, and then I never do the same way opposite. You know, never get so mad that... A couple of hours later, I'm regretting being as mad as I was or things that I said or did. So I feel your pain. Nova Nation, trust me, I feel it. I love this team just like y'all love this team. And we just got to fight through this. We got to get through this. We got to see the rainbow on the other end. Who knows when we'll see that rainbow, but it's there. We just got to get there. Yeah, and A-Ray, we are all on the same side. I, I'm I'm tired of, all, of seeing all the stuff on Twitter about, oh, Villanova fans' behavior was unacceptable at last night's game. Oh, this is so bad for the program. Who wants? Who's going to want to play for Villanova's program when their fans treat their players and coaches like that? Like, please stop. Please stop with that. Everyone is on the same team. Everybody wants this program to succeed, especially with Kyle Neptune at the helm of things. Everybody is rooting for that guy. No one is preying on his downfall. And if you are, you got serious issues. That's that's a that's a you problem if, if, that, if that is the case. That's but what listen, I'm talking about. We'll see. I, 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 I can't believe that this is this narrative of, of Villanova fans fighting other Villanova fans and and, and chewing each other out and, and talking smack about one another. Stop. Stop. This is the Nova Nation for a reason. Like we are all part of this community. Whether if you're an alumni, if you are families with an alumni, whatever it, whatever it may be, stop. Students, I know you're disappointed. I know you're pissed off. Show your passion. That's fine. That's cool. I understand. Like, But there's no reason for us to be like, oh, you guys can't do that. That's not right. It's like, no, we're all sharing the same pain, A-Ray. We're all sharing the same frustration. We all so desperately want this team that we've had so much faith in to come through on their end of the bargain and win for themselves, for each other, for Villanova as an entire group, university, community, whatever you want to call it. 
Everybody wants that. So don't tell me for one second anyone is 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 rooting against the team, is not rooting for the right reasons, and is trying to just maybe single out one guy, whether it be Coach Neptune or not. Stop with that. And if you are praying on this man's downfall, like I said before, you got your own problems. So please show support. But at the same time, if you're frustrated, we get it. Everybody is, A Ray. Everybody is. That's a fact, OC. And you just spitting big facts just now. You know, uh, just let people vent, let y'all be upset, exactly. and we'll get through it. Like we ain't got no choice. We'll 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 definitely <laughs> we'll definitely we'll definitely get through it. Let's 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 just see how this next game go. Who we got next? Providence, divine Providence. And they just came off a really good win too. Should be fun, a eh, Ray. It always is. We doing Sunday, another six, uh, six p.m. game watch. Yeah, so you guys got to make sure you check a Ray and I out on PSF uh, Pro Sports Fans. It's an app. You guys can catch us there doing live in-game coverage, pre-game, post-game. Uh, we're going to do some weekly shows there as well. So please download the PSF app and follow them at, at PSF underscore APP on Twitter. We do uh, a lot of great things on their platform, and they've been very supportive of us. Uh, so Rain and Threes and PSF are, are a, a great partnership and will hopefully continue to, to grow and and uh, just continue to have fun with them moving forward. So give us give us those guys a follow and make sure you tune in uh, on the app when Rain and Threes is live. Uh, yes, definitely. That PSF app, we had a lot of fun on there yesterday. Um, watching the game and commenting on the game, talking on the game. It was our first time doing it, and I didn't know what to expect, but I really had a good time. Um, I enjoyed it. And it's kind of good. It's like a different perspective from from hearing like the guys on TV and stuff like that. But I think I think it was cool. There was one part uh, when Villanova when they run, man, I was feeling I was feeling the adrenaline. Like it, it was just <laughs> running through my body. So yeah, yeah, I had I had fun yesterday. So definitely download that PSF app and check us out on there. Game days, pregame. You can even come on there and chat. You can come on yeah. there, ask questions, like through live audio. Um, I, I believe you could do video as well. Might be right. able to, to to join us on the app as well if you're not scared enough to ask questions. So yeah, yeah definitely. It's a that app is definitely a good look, and it has some really cool features. So please download that PSF app. We want to start doing more things over there. So um, to get you guys like some different content. So download. PSF app at PSF underscore APP. Yes, and you can find us at at Mike O'Connell, uh, spelled like O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L, all one word, no spaces, and then at A-Ray43. And we are at the Nova Basketball Fan Group, so you want to join that community, and you'll see all the updates right there in front of you. So uh, once again, uh, it's been a pleasure, A-Ray. Shout out to our guy. Nick at night, Nick McGow, always holding the strings from behind the glass, making it happen for us. Uh, he's the man, and this would not be possible without him. So really appreciate our guy, Slick Nick. Nick at night, hope you have a good one tonight, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate everything you do. Like uh, OC said, behind the screens for us. You make it happen. Yes, sir. You make it happen, Captain. Yes, sir. So with our guy, Slick Nick and A. Ray, I'm your host, Mike O'Connell. Thank you guys so much 
for tuning in to another episode of Rain and Threes. We'll catch you guys next time. If they're not watching YouTube, they can't see me. They can't see the flick of the wrist. <laughs>